Wake up, NHL fans. Happy Monday. I hope you all had a great weekend. This is your morning cup of hockey alongside Kobe Cohen. I'm Johnny Lazarus. It was a very entertaining weekend around the NHL. We're going to hit on a lot of things like trouble in Toronto. The Islanders maybe have an all-star snub. Uh, Bobby Brink being scratched in his hometown by John Tortorella after Torts was the good guy around the NHL. So many different things to get to. But before we do any of that, I want to hear about my co-host weekend. So, Kobe, tell me about it. What would you do this weekend? Well, first off, it's a holiday weekend, Johnny. So uh, I think a lot of people are probably still celebrating their weekend. I think uh, most people here in the United States are off work today. Uh, Mm -hmm. So people are probably in a good mood right now. Sure, lots of people are tuned in watching the show. And I got to tell you, throughout the weekend, it was low key for me. Look, when you have a a, a young child, your weekends become all about the young child, Johnny. So now that I don't have to take care of you on the weekends, now I take care of my own. Um, but you know, there were a lot of things that happened this weekend where I'm sitting there going, I kind of wish we were on air tomorrow that that I got an opinion. I got something to talk about tomorrow. So, uh, you're right. Lot, lots to get to today. Not so much necessarily game specific. Mm -hmm. Um, although we will obviously touch on some results, but you know, for the most part, we're kind of at this point in the NHL season. We're just at the halfway point coming up on all-star break. I think guys, at this time of year, just trying to sort of get to the all-star break because guys want that opportunity to recharge. But because of how tight races are right now, you can't really afford to take a week off. You can't really, as a team, afford to pack it in You know, a week or two early before the all-star game because you could quickly find yourself you know, on the outside looking in. So um, lots going on. Like we said, holiday, which is great for people. I'm sure uh, they're taking advantage of it, but no better topic to start with than the Dallas Cow. I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> sorry, uh, it's hard to keep those two teams um, straight because they both seem to consistently do the same thing. Although the Dallas Cowboys look like they were finally poised to do it, but I know that's something we've said about the Toronto Maple Leafs before as well. I mean, that game last night, I don't want to dive too much into it, but like I was thinking the same thing about just a hockey game versus a football game. If you're sitting there at a home rink watching your team get blown out, what's what's the worst sport to sit in a venue and have your team get absolutely killed? Like, I think baseball is probably the best because baseball, you can still like enjoy a nice day, have a hot dog, have a beer and like, you know, one swing of the bat can score four runs. Your team could be back in it. Football is like probably the most painful of any sport I think to sit there and watch your team get blown out. Um, I, I disagree, especially if you're talking playoff baseball, I, I think at the end of the day in a passionate sports market playoffs, mm-hmm. when your team gets shit kicked in the playoffs, it's, it's going to be devastating. It does not matter which of the sport you're talking about. I mean, you can't tell me. Thanks for the, the debate. <laughs> when, when, when the, you you can't tell me when the Leafs get kicked out of the playoffs every year, it's any worse than what the Cowboys dealt with last night. At least Although they could like fight each other and like do I, something to make it entertaining. I, I guess for the Cowboys, it was in front of, you know, 35 million people where I, I don't think uh, a Leafs playoff game is getting 35 million, you know, hits on, on the TV. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think losing in the playoffs and getting shit kicked, no matter what sport, especially in the playoffs, it's not going to be that warm. So people aren't going to be hanging out, drinking beers really as much at a baseball game. I mean, I went to a Phillies playoff game this year where they lost to the Diamondbacks and it sucked. The place was like a morgue the whole game. So hmm. um, it, it is funny though to see memes going around social media of Dak Prescott with a Toronto Maple Leafs yeah. helmet. Um, I mean, I, I gotta say like, I got a kick out of that. And I saw that. Uh, I really thought Dak was going to get over the hump this year, but again, it's, it's, they just keep bringing it, rolling it back and rolling it back just like they do in Toronto. They don't seem like they want to make changes. They want to seem like they want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. And then you look at, what happened to the Toronto Maple Leafs over the last week, Johnny. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know Leafs nation was all, Oh, we're all set. Now Nylander got his extension that distractions in the, in the rear view mirror. We go out to California. They beat the LA Kings, which everyone said, okay, that's a legit win three, nothing later. We come to find out that the LA Kings can't, you know, they're 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 worst hockey of the season. I mean, like, 
there, I think there's, there's literal reason to panic in, in LA the way that they're playing, um, you know, and then they beat up on those other kind of shitty West coast teams. And I know our producer, Vic, he's, he's riding high, you know, he's a Leafs fan. So he's all excited. We're all set now. Where's the cup. Let's get ready for the parade. And then they come back over to this side of the, of the conference, Johnny. And, and well, I guess not truly, but, um, and they've had trouble the last three games, man, not only have they lost, but they've blown leads in all three of these games. It started with the Islanders. Um, they're up three, nothing in that game. They end up, uh, excuse me, three, one in that game. And they end up losing that game in overtime. And I mean, it just snowballs from there for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, what, what is going on? And you can't even blame goaltending right now. Normally I blame goaltending, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's painful to continually watch this team uh, unable to defend. It, It really is. And before I give my opinion on it, I just want to shout out Jeremiah Maxwell in the chat said he's still celebrating the Cowboys loss as a Giants fan. He can tell us that much, but I think for Toronto, is it a culture problem? Like, I I feel like we don't talk about that enough. Like every big organization, every team that wins, every team that gets to the playoffs, like they have a strong culture, but this Toronto one seems very odd and interesting where I think there is a lot of buy-in and belief in Toronto. No pun intended with the title of today's show, but under Sheldon Keefe, under management, the way this team is built, like, like I know they are put in a, position to succeed with the star power they have you talked about their goaltending their defense you know maybe not being up to par with what you need to win a stanley cup but like the group in the room do they go out every night and do they believe that they are they they are going to win the stanley cup when they play a game there are teams that go out and like you know obviously say it but is it really in that room like i like well johnny hold on i don't feel it you're you're Uh, talking culture too far ahead what 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 does culture mean to you? Because we use the word culture in hockey and it's become such a buzzword. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this question. Well, yeah. When you say, do they not have culture in the room? Define what it is you mean by culture. What is it that you're looking for that you're not seeing culture? Well, you look at Sheldon Keefe's comments, which I think we should you know tee up here in a second, just about McKinnon, McCarr, and Taves, and how he speaks about those three players and how they're in a different league. Like, if I'm a head coach in the NHL, I'm I'm getting my guys to believe that they are better than anyone in the NHL, especially with a group like Toronto that has the core four that everyone raves about. They just signed Nylander to a huge extension. You know, he's supposed to be one of the best players in the NHL. He gets called out. I, I it just doesn't seem to me like it's like a, I have your back, you have my yeah. back kind of culture. Where all right, well let know, let's I, play let's play yeah. that sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are watching the game. Like when McKinnon's line gets out there with McCarr and Taves, I mean, the caliber of play, like that's not like, that's not the NHL. Like that's a, that's another league. Right. So. So this is comments that Sheldon Keefe made after they blew a three, nothing first period lead to Colorado. They go on to lose that game five, three, Um, but, but I'll ask you again, are you talking culture from top to bottom? Are you talking culture inside the locker room? But, but again, I just, yeah, I I want you to define culture because I know what I have an idea of what it is, but I want to hear what you you define culture. Like you want to define your meaning of, of you thinking that they don't have culture. It just doesn't seem like there's a collective buy-in. It, it, it seems like it's a ton of individual egos that aren't there for the greater good. And, and that's, I think, what a culture is in hockey. It's, you know, and I'm not, I'm not just talking contracts, not talking money, because that is what it is. But every night, the way you play, like, I think Carolina, sure, they've had their struggles this season. But you but they know, played better lately. But you know, yeah, they've been playing amazing lately. You know what their culture is. You know what you're getting every night from the Carolina Hurricanes. That is a strong culture and a strong foundation of an NHL team. I think let me, they, let me pick, let me pick up on that because okay. I think you make a good point. <laughs> okay. okay? Yeah. Um, you, you bring up the Carolina hurricanes. Yeah. Those players are going to make, let's call it the right plays 95% of the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're not going to stay out for a little bit of a longer shift. They're not going to try the extra move at the red line. They're going to make sure the puck gets deep. Um, so like fresh bodies can get on the ice. And 
I believe that that starts with Rod Brindamore yeah. in Carolina because you know, players are going to be held accountable by a coach, which then they hold each other accountable for. I think the Boston Bruins are another great Agreed. example of that. They have had that level of culture, let's call it since 2000 and what, 10, maybe 11. Obviously, that was the earlier, year probably of the Stanley Cup earlier. Um, but they you have players who are willing to sort of morph their identity for the better of the team. And you have players that don't cheat. They don't take shortcuts. They don't take nights off. Let's say a player is not having a good night. Well, they go out and they play physical and they contribute somewhere else. And uh, to me, that's culture. Okay. Well, I want to ask you something. Can I ask you something? Go ahead. Actually, I don't even know if it's a question. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you did it to me before. So I'm getting you back kind of, but think about it. There's been so much discussion over the last like five seasons about the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Carolina hurricanes. Both organizations haven't really done much to shake up their core yet. Every year there's a belief that the Carolina hurricanes can win the Stanley cup. And every year there's never a belief that the Toronto Maple Leafs can win a Stanley cup. So like, what does that tell you? Like to me, it's like crazy that Toronto has gone year in year out with this same exact look and Carolina's again, doing the same exact thing. Cause there is that true belief and yeah. true to their core of they can do it and they're doing things the right way. Well, but I think, I think that also tells you a lot of it is narrative. I think a lot of it is yeah. narrative because I think anybody, anybody within the Market. Toronto organization yeah. believes that they can win a Stanley cup, just like anybody within the Carolina organization believes they can win a Stanley cup. Do I think either of them are Stanley cup contenders? No, not the <laughs> way that they're constructed. I don't, I think Carolina is a, is a structured and, and, you know, North South team as you'll get. But at the end of the day, I don't think they have the difference makers to, to get it done. Now they've really tried to build their back end and they, they, in my opinion, have one of the most talented defensive cores in the NHL. Um, so that's always going to give them a chance, but look, you, you just look at the, the types of players that the Toronto Maple Leafs want to continue to pay and continue to load up their roster with. And look, these are star players. Look how many guys they're going to have in the all-star game. It's half the freaking Toronto Maple Leafs. But at the end of the day, you know, I'd be willing to, to, to put money on the fact that this is a team that is another early round exit Toronto Maple Leaf team. You look at the way that they're playing. Uh, you look at the way that they defend. Okay. You look at the way that, excuse me, they don't defend yeah. really. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're careless with the puck. Uh, they don't play accountable. They really don't. And when you see a team that is this talented, continuously not playing accountable, um, it didn't work with Mike Babcock and it doesn't seem to be working with Sheldon Keefe. And um, I like Sheldon Keefe. I really do. I, I remember back in the day when he was a coach of the Pembroke Lumber Kings. Um, I was 15 years old. I was getting ready to go play hockey in Syracuse for the Syracuse Stars Junior A team which was in Canada. I remember Sheldon actually trying to recruit um, my, myself, my dad to come out there and play for him instead. And um, I remember having some conversations with him and always, you know, always liked him. That was at a time when I was sort of considering the major junior path in my mm -hmm. hockey career. But I, I just think based on what we've seen over the last three games against tougher teams, the way they've blown leads, um, some of the comments coming out of Toronto, some weird press conferences, the comments about the abs. And then I, I want to play another clip for you from Sheldon Keefe. Because to me, Johnny, this sounds like a guy who kind of just says, you know what? Fuck it. I, I got nothing to lose. I'm probably on borrowed time. Um, and the comments coming out of Sheldon Keefe's mouth have been, have been strange. He kind of called out some of his players. Let's take a listen right here. And then we'll kind of discuss as to what we think this means. I just thought putting our best people together and going best on best, give us a chance to keep the puck away from those guys a little bit more could help us at the same time, kind of try to get more out of Willie because uh, Willie on his line was, was not good. Um, that line was not good for us at all tonight. Uh, I don't know if they, had, they didn't have one good shift um, that I can remember. Uh, so I had to get Willie away from that. As, so all those things just kind of fit. So he very easily could have talked about his second line without mm. signaling, singling out Willie Nylander. This is a guy who four days ago was given an eight year contract with no move, no trade, big money, 
You've heard my opinion on it. Sure, the guy's a star. He deserved to get paid. I think it continues to to hold up their roster. But is is that the head coach taking a shot at the general manager? I mean, I, I just I don't know how you can't connect the dots there. Here's an eight year extension with no move, no trade. Oh, and by the way, you are so bad that I don't know what to do with you tonight. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have to do that. It was one game. I mean, the guy has played good hockey this year. It's not like Nylander's been bad all year. It's been the opposite. He's had a career year, Johnny. No, I completely agree. But also, I think you can talk on it more, you know, as someone who signs an NHL contract. I mean, maybe not to the extent of Nylander, but, you know, so we've seen it a lot in the NHL where someone signs a big ticket and then they kind of check out for a couple of games. So maybe that's, you know, Sheldon Keith's way of just getting him to stay engaged and, you know, not doze off after securing his money and securing his term for a very long time. I, I think that's... I don't want to say that's uh, you know something we should overreact to. Like I, I think it's typical for coaches to call out guys, maybe not single out someone uh, you know that recently um, who has been as good as like you said, Nylander. But we've seen it in years past where um, I forget which coach in Dallas called out like Jamie Bett and Tyler Sagan. You know that kind of woke them up a little bit, even though they were you know pretty big stars in the NHL at the time of that call out. Do you remember who it was by any chance? Yeah, Rick Bonus. Is Rick Bonus? Yeah. Like, you know, these, these things happen and sometimes players need to kick in the yeah, ass. But, whether... but, but it's not, it's one thing to call a player out, Johnny, but it's another thing to call him out three days after he just secured mm. a massive extension with no move, no trade. I, I like, this isn't just let's pay the guy. This is let's pay him and let's give him all the control. I mean, he could shut it down for eight years and they yeah. can't even trade him without his, there's not even an, it's not even a list. He's mm -hmm. got eight years. I mean, he could probably get traded this season because I, I'm guessing he doesn't have no move, no trade right now. But I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that this team in Toronto needs a shakeup. I think this team in Toronto does not play thorough. I think this team in Toronto does not play uh, like a team that is, is worried about being held accountable to things. I don't like seeing people get fired who I think are good people. Like when Mike Babcock got fired this year, I thought that was phenomenal because everything that we hear about Mike Babcock is that he's a total asshole and a little bit of a, a piece of shit, right? Mm -hmm. Look how he treated yeah. those guys. But I don't think that's the case with Sheldon Keefe. So I'm certainly not going to celebrate that, but it has to be time for a coaching change in Toronto. I mean, or you're just going to get the same results. Even like, I think it's a roster issue here, Johnny, uh -huh. but I also think what else are you going to do? You got to shake things up a little bit. The way this team continues to turn pucks over and defend, it's just, I mean, they shoot themselves in the foot night after night. Yeah. And poor Ilya Samsonov, man. Like, you know, the crowd was behind him last night, cheering him, like trying to get him in good spirits and they couldn't come out and find yeah. a way to win. But, but like, I don't want to jump over the Sheldon Keefe thing uh, because, you know, we know, I think just as much as anyone else and in, in hockey, there's always politics, right? And you see a guy leave an organization. Usually people go with him. I was surprised that when Kyle Dubas left, they didn't hire a new coach. And I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, that they, it was beyond necessary to do that, but you just see that happen very often where a GM goes and a coach goes and they totally just, you know, turn a page and, and start a new chapter. But I, I was just a little like, I'm just questioning the loyalty here. Like, you know, Sheldon Q's been here for a couple of years now. He has all this talent and he's won one playoff round. Like, like, at what point do you really draw the line? Like, you know, uh, that's that's well, really I think tree, I think I think tree living wanted to evaluate him for himself. See what mm -hmm. the real problem was. Was it roster construction? Was it, um, you know, was it coaching style? Does does he have command of the locker room? I mean, look, there's it, it, it's been a roller coaster for Sheldon Keefe since he came, you know, up from the Toronto Marlies as a as the head coach there. And, and he joined the Toronto Maple Leafs. And look. He's won everywhere he's been. He won in juniors. He was coach of the year in the OHL. Um, he won a, a Calder, you know, trophy um, for the Marlies. He has like the best winning percentage for the first 300 games of any head coach in the NHL who's made it to 300 games. So the guy wins in the regular season. The problem is, is it doesn't translate, which sort of makes me think a little bit like it, it is. I've always said it's roster construction. He's never been given a legitimate decor. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's ever had a legitimate true number one goaltender. And this is just the continued results that they get. But I mean, the guy has got to be losing sleep. He, he's yeah. in the Mecca of hockey, Johnny. The media is tough. Look at this picture on our screen right now 
the first picture, 2019. Okay. Mm. The the second picture is from when he had the press conference after they blew the lead to the abs. I mean, this is a guy who looks like he's aged about 25 years in, in what, four years now. Mm. I mean, he, he looks like he's put on a couple pounds. The hair looks a hell of a lot grayer. That, that, that's stressful lack of sleep right there, Johnny boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, definitely not a, a good glow up or, or what's the opposite of a globe, I guess. I don't even know what the phrase would be, but um, I have to imagine it's certainly a stressful time for Keith and there's always pressure on whoever's behind that bench in Toronto, whether you have the best team in the NHL or you have the worst team in the NHL, the fans are expecting wins. I mean, that's the name of the business. That's the name of the game. It's a results-based business. And, you know, I do want to talk about another head coach that won the hearts over of a lot of NHL fans last week and then quickly reversed that a little bit with at least maybe <laughs> half of the fan bases. Uh, and that's John Tortorella, who obviously, you know, stepped in last week and defended Kevin Hayes and, and all that stuff in his press conference after the Cutter Goche situation. But then he goes and scratches Bobby Brink in his first game in Minnesota, playing in front of friends and family. And I want to hear your opinion about it before I give mine, because I have I have mixed emotions and I expect you to have mixed emotions as well. But um, it's something that got a rise out of a lot of fans. I don't think it's as big of a deal as people made it. But what do you think about the situation? Um, you know, it's a good it's a good question and, and it's a good debate. And all I'm going to say is, is, you know, where do you draw the line on this type of thing? You, you know, and, and every coach has their 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 style and we know what we're getting out of torts. Okay. Torts is not making feel good decisions for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, he's not making feel good decisions for the players. It, this is about a plan that he has. Okay. He's been given really a, a, a difficult task in Philadelphia where, Hey, I know that you hate losing and are going to try to win every night, but Oh yeah, we need you to develop these players um, these young players that we want to be part of the future of our team while holding them accountable and trying to win like young players make mistakes. So it's, it's a difficult situation that I think Tort is in because it's kind of contradictory what he's doing right now. One contradicts the other, just naturally trying to develop young players while trying to win. You just don't really see that super successful and he seemed to have found the recipe with some of these guys cam york is playing some of the best hockey of his career travis sandheim is playing the best hockey of his career bobby brink okay looks like he's an nhler although he's gone up and down he does look like an nhler so you, you almost have to give towards the benefit of the doubt that he knows what he's doing with these guys and look do you like seeing bobby brink get scratched in his hometown no but uh, again, this isn't the feel good league. This isn't mm -hmm. the let's hug it out league. And I know Torts said stuff like that. Yeah. The guy's got a job to do or he's not going to have a job. So at the end of the day, I I'm going to go ahead and say this is this is difficult because um, where do you draw the line? It, look yeah. at the Yandel situation with the Ironman. Look at the Flurry situation playing potentially his last game in Pittsburgh. Okay. Jason Spezza scratched well, by Mike Babcock in Toronto in his mm -hmm. first game back. Where do you draw the line? Do you say rookie you can abuse and veteran you have to respect? Like what, where do you draw the line? I, I, I don't know the question. I don't know the answer to that. Well, I think for me in this situation, those three players that you named, those are all veterans that have like done it. They've been there. It's something that they're probably, I don't want to say accustomed to because they, they probably aren't used to getting scratched in their careers, but for Bobby Brink, like he's played 37 games out of the team's 43. He hasn't been scratched much. He's got seven goals, 11 assists, 18 points is plus seven, like having a pretty solid rookie year. And I actually believe when they played Minnesota at home, he scored two goals. Like he's not a liability out there in, in any way. And I, I think in this situation, when a player is in the NHL pretty consistently in a rookie year, going home for the first time, having friends and family see him in the NHL for the first time, knowing that he probably spent a lot of money on tickets again for the first time. Like a lot of fans don't understand that these players like don't get to give out tickets for free. Like they spend a lot of their own money to get their friends and family in the building. And I learned that the hard way. I actually texted Charlie McAvoy his rookie year and I was like, Hey, can we get four tickets for the games? Like, what do you think I made of money? And I was like, I don't know. I just thought you get tickets. Um, and that's not how it works. So, you know, I think had Torts and Bobby Brink had that conversation and Bobby Brink had not bought tickets for his whole friends and family. It's a different story. 
but when you know that, and I like, I think that's just a tougher way to, you know, decide. And I think the fact that as a player, I know I always played better when I knew I had friends and family in the building and, and maybe, you know, that's on me. Like I should be able to get up like that for any game. But I think most players would agree that when you are returning for a big moment like that, a game you have circled on the calendar, you're probably going to give a little bit of a better effort than you do on a typical night. And maybe you disagree with that. I don't know. No, listen, it's human nature, Johnny. I mean, yeah. look, you're playing in front of your family. You're playing. Like I would have started him in that game. I get it. But again, he, his play had been slipping. His ice time had been slipping. It was time for a reset. And again, it's, it's unlucky because he played the next night in Winnipeg. And I think with young players, sometimes they need a reset because you don't want to reinforce a guy's bad habits. And especially torts. Like you've got to give John Tortorella the benefit of the doubt with anything that he does right now. Look at what he's getting out yeah. of these players. Yeah. Look at what he's getting out of this team. And it's it's just not a coach's job to, you know, to to be worried about how many tickets that Bobby Brink bought yeah. for the game. Yeah. Um, I'll give you some other. Yeah, I wasn't like disagreeing, example. by the way. I don't I, think. It, listen, yeah. I knew you would be Johnny Sunshine and Rainbow. No, but I don't think Torch is like and, a dickhead for doing it. I just think. Like, I, I just think that this know? is a difficult situation. It's not a one size fits all approach. I think the thing about John Tortorella that guys respect and like about him is the fact that he's consistent. Okay. Yeah. Like and always that's honest. what you want. He's different than John Cooper. I'll give you a John Cooper story. The Tampa Bay lightning are playing against the New York Rangers. Okay. Kevin Shattenkirk, a guy who's very well respected in the NHL got bought out by the New York Rangers. What did Coop do? Coop made him an assistant captain for the game in New York. Cause he knew he'd have 150 friends and family there. He knew now this is a guy who's on his way to a thousand games. Who's been an Olympian. Who's been an all-star. Who's one of the most well-liked players and re respected players in the league. He sits on executive committees for the NHLPA, yada, yada, yada. Right. But where do you draw the line? Okay. You want to look after your players. You want to have their back. You want them to feel supported, but it's just not his job to be worried about, how many tickets that Bobby Brink bought. It's but just it's his not. job to be worried about his players' emotions and feelings. That is his right. job. That is. I understand that, but yeah, you know what? It's also players' jobs to not be so sensitive and to realize that if you're not playing well, you're going to get pulled out of the lineup. Yeah. Okay? Like, it's happened to a lot of players. Okay? It's happened to a lot of situations, some that we know, some that we don't. Um, it's unfortunate. It is. You hate to see it, but at the end of the day, it's not the feel good league. It's the yeah. national hockey league. It's the win for me now or get fired, play well or get cut and traded unless you have an eight year contract with no move, no trade. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I, I get it. It sucks, but I get it. I do. I've been in these situations. Yeah. I've seen them at all like levels of players careers. You hate it. You think, you know, coaches should treat veterans a, a different way than they should treat rookies. But look, Look what Cutter Goche just did. Okay. He's a rookie who's never even played in the NHL and he's not afraid to flex his muscle. So now you're going to tell me that we got to worry about, you know, a, a first year NHL players feelings. What was it just come on? Like, what are we talking about here? At the end of the day, your coaches just need to be consistent. Okay. However they handle it is what you got to be cool with and what you got to deal with. It is also just funny though, too. Like Torch is the good guy around the NHL last week, and he's like, "Nah, I can't have for this. Kevin Hayes." I, yeah, hold my beer. Yeah, hey, I, hold I, my beer. I can't be the good guy around here. I got to do something to shake it up. That's again. exactly what yeah. I said. Hold my beer. Yeah. What did I say? I, oh, I had. But I, I, again, that's how you know him. Him scratching Bobby Brink. It wasn't a personal. It wasn't yeah. a fuck you to him. He he's not even thinking about that. Okay. And, and if he is, well, then maybe he's not doing his job properly. And maybe he's not building the culture that he preaches. Your, your, your word culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. You, you like that word, the buzzword. Everybody loves the word. Yeah, culture. But I think I, I've been in really good cultures and I've been in really bad ones. It's a real thing. It's, it yeah. is, it's, it's a real thing. And, and people, but players yeah, are part yeah. of culture too, not just coaches. No, a thousand percent. I think players make, they drive the culture, right? Like the best, the best organizations are the coaches that don't have to say anything. It's all through the players. Like that's why, you know, I think Boston is the machine they are because the players have been around for a decade and 
guys come in and they know exactly what they have to do because well, the Brad Marsh and the Bergeron they're doing it. They're setting the bar because yeah, Bergy learned from Chara. They are driven. Marshy, yeah, Marshy learned from Bergy and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Yep. And when Marshan's gone and, and I mean, Pasternak's around or whatever, but that's going to be the McAvoy, right? Like, you know, I think McAvoy. it's going to be the Mac McAvoy driving the culture. I mean, yeah, I know pasta's not. great, but I think that's going to be Charlie kind of taking the flag next. I agree as, as it should be. Um, I know we do have a couple more topics to get to. I think it's time for just a little break here. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about the all-star rosters that are coming up. We're going to talk about the, the huge, snubs. the snubs. Yes. And the huge slate of games coming up today. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Morning Cup of Hockey. For the first time on this show, Colby and I are going to give our NHL power rankings, the top five teams that we think are the best in the NHL right now. And we'll actually look at the chat to see if you agree or disagree with our rankings, because as you know by now, if you've been watching this show, Colby and I don't really see eye to eye on most of these things. So let's check out what each of us have for our top five teams right now in the NHL. A couple important notes here. Okay, first Uh off, we, we did not know what the other person yeah. was coming with. We did not talk about this other than, you know, we spoke to our producer about this. So, and the other thing that I just want to make sure that we point out here is the fact that these are power rankings for who's the best teams right now. Okay. This is not necessarily me saying who I think is going to win the Stanley cup. Okay. This is not, you know, I- I- indicative of the standings in the NHL. This is who are the teams that I believe are playing the best hockey right now. And I think this is something that we're going to try to revisit every week, um, maybe every other week, depending on, you know, the, the, the way things are moving in the NHL, because I think what we've seen this year is it seems like every other week we have a new team that's is streaking, playing well, not playing well. So I think it's just kind of important to stay up on the trends, Johnny, of, of really who is playing the best in the NHL right now. So I'll let you read off your top five to start here, Johnny, and maybe you can yeah. uh, explain why you pick these teams. And you know, what's funny. I actually, okay. So I'll, I'll say my teams first. Then I'll get into it. But my number one team, I thought the Colorado avalanche, uh, they've been buzzing as of late. They, I think for me, they have the most talent on any roster in the NHL Two, the Winnipeg jets goaltending Connor Hellebuck's been outstanding. Uh, the un their three goal streak they have going is beyond incredible. And I think defense obviously is very important in the NHL Vancouver. I mean, can't compliment them enough. The offense, the defense, the goaltending, they have it all this year, but they haven't been there as of late. So it's still kind of a, a fraud watch. I think for me, um, Florida Panthers again, you know, after last year's run, I doubted them this year. They've proved me wrong time and time again. Sam Reinhardt is putting that team on his back. They've been a lot of fun to watch and they play big boy, heavy hockey and the Carolina hurricanes after a really rough start to the year, like we talked about earlier in the show, their culture, I believe in it. I think Rod Brindamore is the best coach in the NHL and they play such a strong, cohesive game. And as of late, they've been scoring goals. Their power play is doing well. Andre Svechnikov is on fire. Uh, they just look really good um, as a complete team. So that's why I put the five. But it's funny because the one team that I wasn't sure if I wanted to put in there was the Winnipeg Jets. And I put them at two. But because Kyle Connor's not playing right now, I still don't know how much I really believe in them. And I really wanted to get the Oilers in there because their 10-game win streak that they're on right now. But with what Winnipeg's done just through the entire year, I felt it was just too hard to take them out and put Edmonton in. But I don't know if you uh, have anything in common with that. Oh, I have thoughts. Um, Yeah, yeah. Vic, let's get those back up. There we go. So Uh I just want to ask you a question. Yeah. How can you call Vancouver the fraud alert or fraud watch. Do, do you know what they've done in their last 10 games? Yeah. I, I think eight, eight, one in one in their last 10 games. They just came on an East swing and they just assassinated everybody that they played. I'm aware for two weeks on but, the East coast. They've got Thatcher Demko, who is an all-star goaltender and maybe the best goalie in the NHL on every given on any given night. Um, they've got Quinn Hughes, who is, currently playing as the best defenseman in the NHL. You've got Besser who I, I just look, I don't yeah. think the Vancouver Canucks are going to win the cup, but mm-hmm. if we're talking about NHL power rankings, how can you say there's a team playing better than them right now? I, I, I mean, uh, I what think, are you watching? I, I, that's not what I said. I said, they're playing very good hockey. I said they're on fraud watch because they haven't done it before. 
They're a what team that has done it before. They haven't They've been they haven't doing it all been, season, but they haven't been good in the last four or five years where the yeah, but other, we're not talking about that. We're talking about NHL power rankings today. I know that, but are still, you sure? But still you have to, you have to factor in a little bit of everything. Otherwise, why would the Oilers not be one? They've won 10 games in a row. Why would they not be the number one team? If we're just talking about today, there are characteristics that play into it, right? But when being 10 and 0 and being 8, 1 and 1, I mean, there's not much of a difference there. And on top of it, you just look at who's actually playing better hockey, the way they're winning, the opponents that they're they're beating. I mean, look, I, I, I just that's hold on. You went. So now you you be quiet and you you give me an opportunity. Well, you're coming at me. I, got, I, well, because, I, mean, you, you, I didn't I, fraud alert. I mean, give me a fucking break here. It's like, I'm not I'm saying not, that they're, they're going to win the Stanley Cup I, championship, but I mean, fraud alert. I mean, that, that kind of pissed me off a little bit. Um, I'm no, not calling them fraud. Let me just say this. I'm saying of the five teams, they probably would make the case for the fraud on that list. All right. Well, That's look, our, our, our five teams were, were, were fairly similar. They were similar. Um, I had Edmonton rounding out the top five um, because yeah, they're, they, they're 10 and zero in their last 10 games. Yeah. Um, they, they are on, you know, the best quote unquote streak in the NHL right now. They've been playing a lot of games in the, in the Eastern time zone lately. So I have got to see them lately. Um, they're playing good hockey. They're still reliant too too much on, you know, two guys, well, maybe three guys, if you, you add Bouchard in there, the way that he's been playing offensively, which is why I didn't have Edmonton as number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the interesting thing, and neither of us had Seattle in there. Um, yeah. and, and Seattle's been, you know, uh, what, 9 0 and nine out of, they've won nine of their last 10, something like that. Yeah. Um, they're, they're on a pretty incredible run right now. Um, so Seattle's nine zero and one in their last ten. Nine zero and one. On my power ranking list, okay, we we saw what the first five were. Let me read you my number six through ten, which obviously aren't on here, um, partially because I just want to see your reaction. Okay, mm-hmm. number six, Seattle. Number seven, Boston. Number eight, Carolina. Number nine, Philadelphia. And number ten. The New York Rangers. I don't disagree. I think the Rangers don't deserve to be in there right now. I I fully agree with you. Um, but I think Carolina isn't getting enough credit, to be honest. I think Carolina, if you look at their numbers in the last, I think since like Christmas, here, I'll actually, I'll, I'll grab it right now. Carolina since Christmas, right now they're leading the NHL in goals per game, scoring 4.38. They're only allowing two goals against per game and their power play is always 40, their problem. Their power play is at 44.4% in their last eight games, seven Oh and one in that span. Carolina right now is playing their best hockey of the year. And they're a team again, that isn't really talked about because they don't have that star power, but Andre Svechnikov has been providing that lately. Svechnikov has been money in the last 10 or so games. I'm going to try to find his stat line in the last 10, because he's been scoring goals at a, at a nonstop rate. Um, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't do a five, six, seven, eight, or a six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Um, you know, I didn't go above and beyond on the homework. So that's, that's my fault, I guess. But Svechnikov in his last 10 games, eight goals, eight assists, 23 shots on goal and eight power play points. I mean, he's, he's doing it all right now for Carolina. Yeah. I, think well, I think, I think with Carolina, I think one of the things that they decided to do because they're still missing that, that star potential, you know, game breaker type of player up front. They, they built their back end up. Um, yeah. I mean, Carolina has one of the more impressive back ends with, with Pesci and Burns and Shea. Um, you've got, you know, Chatfield on that third pair playing over Tony D'Angelo. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, they, they brought Orlov in this summer. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a legitimate group of six or even really legitimate group of seven defensemen that the Carolina hurricanes have, I, I kind of struggled with that a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I just, the eye test has told me that um, I liked the way Florida and Colorado and Edmonton were playing. And I think if, if those teams played right now, I think they'd all get the best of Carolina. Um, Kobe, but- <laughs> this guy, Smitty, the welder in the chat is roasting me right now. I want to read it to you. He goes, Oh, well, Johnny's drunk. The Oilers have the best record next to the jets in the last two months. And then he said, uh, what do you say? He said, Johnny's clueless. Carolina in the top five laughing emojis. 
So I, I guess, mean, I, guess, I, I would agree. I guess Smitty's an Edmonton guy. Smitty, but, yeah, I, 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 I would tell you right now, Smitty. Yeah, I, I agree it. with I agree with a lot of that sentiment because yeah. I do think Johnny's quite clueless. Um, Smitty, hey, hey, Smitty, I I don't disagree with what you're saying here. No, don't back down, Johnny. No, I, I'm, stand up I, for I'm yourself. Still taking Carolina over Edmonton. Listen, I'm, I'm, you put a list on paper. I'm still taking Carolina over Edmonton. Do not back away from it. Have I taught you nothing? I'm taking Carolina over Edmonton. I'm standing by that, but I, I respect his opinion. It's fine. Or her opinion, whatever Smitty is. I don't know. It's fine. Like <laughs> what I, I said, like I had a hard time keeping Edmonton out of that list, but with what Winnipeg has done, not all that hard. Apparently me. 10 and 0. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I, I cut you off. What were you saying? I just wanted to shout out the chat. Cause uh, well, I, and the I other thing about the Edmonton the Oilers that you can't deny is you just can't deny how much more thorough defensively they've been. I mean, it almost yeah. seems like Paul coffee came in and told the back end, listen, none of you are me. So we're all going to play a certain way. And we're all going to just, you know, dial back the high risk, high reward hockey. Let's take that first play. Let's defend around our net. Um, I mean, look, that, that team has, has really come a long, uh, a long way. And so we'll, we'll see how long Edmonton can carry that streak. They've certainly put themselves back in the playoff picture uh, Stuart Skinner and Calvin Picard have done a nice job sort of holding it down. There's some some buzz going around that Corey Perry might be a fit there in Edmonton. I personally would love to see that. I think mm -hmm. Edmonton and Toronto are probably the two teams that make the most sense for Corey Perry. Um, but, you know, the other guy that I said, I was on Oilers Nation the other night with Tyler Yaremchuk, and I said they should they should look at Peter Mrazek as a potential, you know, 1B type of option. His contract's going to expire the, the Hawks can afford to eat whatever they need to eat on his deal uh, to make a deal like that work. So, all right, look, we're going to keep these power rankings going. Mm. I like the fact that people are in the chat voicing yeah. their opinions. I think um, I'm just going to keep snubbing Edmonton every week just to get they, this new guy going. <laughs> I like the fact that they think you're an idiot. That means that they're smart because you are an idiot. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think, to be honest, uh, that segues us perfectly into fa the fact that how did Zach Hyman not make the all-star game? Yeah. Okay. How did Noah Dobson not make the all-star game? And what on earth was the NHL, Adidas, Justin Bieber, whoever designed those hideous all-star game jerseys? I mean, it's like, it's like they forgot to do their homework. And at 11 PM for a 12 o'clock deadline, they just threw a practice Jersey together. I mean, what is happening here between after, the snubs and the jerseys, man? After last year's jerseys too, like those were so sick last year. If you remember like that teal, like blue and black and the pink, it was kind of like a nineties throwback. Do you remember that? Wasn't at it, all? it was like Florida themed, right? It was very a like Miami bit. vice. It, it felt very Miami vice last but year. But they were so sick. Those jerseys were unreal, but I, I guess let's go one at a time. Zach Hyman. That one is, is interesting. I mean, he's obviously leading Edmonton in goals this year. He's been unbelievable. I think he has 26 right now as we're talking. Um, he obviously deserves this guy's going to hit 30, the, the yeah. 30 goal plateau by the he, end of this week. He a thousand percent deserves to be in there. I don't think anyone would disagree. The Dobson one. I'm a little bit more not angry, but I have more like opinions about because Noah Dobson right now, what is he third amongst defensemen and points? Like here, here's the thing too. Matt Barzal is certainly a more popular, well-known player. If I'm the Islanders, like why not put Dobson in and have fans vote for Barzell? Like there's a, better chance that happens than what's going on what's going on right now because i i don't is like noah dobson a household name across the nhl yet I, I don't know if he is and i think he definitely deserves to be with what he's doing this year especially no well the thing is is they've sort of protected him for a couple of years in in uh -huh. new york you know lamarillo has a plan for these guys and you know his ice time was very limited in his first year and then he got a little bit more in his second year and now he's a little more in his third year and now he's you know that that's just kind of the way they they do things with with Lou Lamarillo. It's never too much too soon. Mm -hmm. Um, so no, I don't think Noah Dobson is a household name. Look, I'll tell you this. I voted midseason awards for the Delhi faceoff the other day. Matt Larkin put out a piece um, you know, doing a, a midway point on all the major awards. And you had to give three players for each of the major awards. I had Noah Dobson as one of my three guys for the Norris trophy. Thousand percent. I yeah. had um, Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, and Noah yeah. Dobson. 
And the fact that he doesn't make the all-star game, I agree. Now he's probably happy he didn't make the all-star game unless he's got a bonus in his contract yeah. because you know, now I don't know. I think first time recognition, I feel like he'd want to be there. I, yeah, think, I think if you, you want to get recognized, but then you, you kind of hope, and maybe you've got an excuse why you don't have to go. Um, yeah. But I, I know, no, I know. Listen, Noah, a, a guy, I actually know Noah pretty well. Um, you know, he's, he, he's, a you know, from way up North, Northeast Canada. Um, but it, it is a little bit tragic that him and Zach Hyman don't get into the all-star game and Edmonton in Van, or I'm sorry, Toronto and Vancouver vote like yeah, for each. Yeah. It literally, it turned into like half their roster, which is a little yeah. bit ridiculous, but and then ran and Barkov miss out too. Like, yeah. You know, you guys and, and again like is is it not the truest thing ever that every year when the most underrated player in the nhl conversation comes up it's always alexander barkov every year so at what point do we not underrate him and just let him be yeah. the player well, that he is look at these guys that are snubbed and then look at who chicago is going to send i mean yeah. i don't like maybe seth jones is going to is going to go because he's back playing now and so maybe they're going to shoehorn Seth Jones in, which like, okay, fine. I would be fine if it was Seth Jones, because at least Seth Jones is, is a, you know, he's a top flight player in the NHL. He's an all-star. He's been to multiple all-star games, Olympics, unit, you know, whatever he's, he's, well, maybe he hasn't done an Olympics cause they haven't had one. Um, but uh, that I would feel okay about. But if Jason Dickinson is in the all-star game and Zach Hyman and Noah Dobson and Miko Rantanen and Barkoff aren't, it just tells you what you need to know about the all-star yeah. game. It's turned into an absolute shit show. It, it's yeah. a game that nobody cares about anymore. Players don't want to play. Fans don't really watch. Um, you know, it, it's gotten ugly. They're trying different formats, but you know, I think it's all put a perfect little bow on it with how ugly the jerseys are. Like I actually thought the Jersey thing was a joke. Like I thought they were leaking it as a joke because like, what, are we looking at here? Like how have we fallen so far with the all-star game that this is the freaking jerseys they're going to roll out? I mean, again, like, especially after last year, like it was such a step up from everything in the past. And, and I thought this year they'd even go up a notch because it's in Toronto, right? Like it's in the hub of hockey this year. Exactly. And, and, You'd have thought they would have gone all out. And I, yeah. I think did I, did you see that this was like a, a collab with, with Justin Bieber and, and, did, did you see that? Or am I making that up? I don't think the jerseys are. I saw that he had his own like Drew branded jersey, I think. I, I don't think he had anything to do with the design. But I will I, say. I could have sworn that I read that. I don't know. I, I had to double check on that. But uh, Can you read? You can read. Yeah, but I didn't read that. Uh, so I have to look. But I, I don't I think you the read the like, sign. I don't think you read the sign at the haircut place you went to either when, ah, when yeah, no. you saw like, you know, two for one free haircuts or something yeah. like that. So that was, I mean, I mean your reading is in question. Yeah. The haircut thing. I'm, I'm pretty bummed about, uh, to be honest. So I'd feel insecure about it yeah. too. If I had a haircut like that, don't poke at my insecurity. Um, where were we, what we're talking about now? I'm totally thrown off. <laughs> God, you're so, you're so easy to get off track. We're talking about the jerseys. Uh -huh. Bieber did have his hand in designing the jerseys, by the way, it was part of the press release. So you're uh -huh. wrong again. My bad. Um, shocker. Smitty, come at me um, in the chat. Good. Yep. Keep, keep coming at Johnny yep. in the chat. This is not how I thought this would go. I thought people would constantly be coming from my throat in the chat. So I'm happy mm -hmm. to hear, keep going for Johnny. He thinks the Edmonton Oilers stink. Um, so old sneaky Pete in the chat is saying that Bieber's logo is on the tag of the jerseys. Right. Which means he, he, yeah. his, him, his design company, his people, whatever, like they were a part of it. Like I'm hoping I'm we sorry, can trust like, old sneaky Pete in the chat as a source. Look, a Justin Bieber, very talented, obviously. Um, but like the way he dresses, I, I, I don't, I've never jumped on board with, with the way that that guy dresses and his I mean, sense of fashion. So if I looked like that. I would wear anything too. That guy could pull off anything. Let's be honest. Yeah. Okay. That's your opinion. I don't agree, but, um, I, I said extremely talented, but I, I don't, <laughs> you know, his, his level for fashion is not my thing. And mm -hmm. how, how, how many cups have the, the Leafs won since they started with their Justin Bieber jerseys? I, I mean, I think we know the answer to that. So anyways, um, we'll be at all-star. So that'll be fun. Uh, we're going to do some live shows out in Toronto. I know you're going to have probably a million and one things to do out there. You'll be doing, you know, this and you'll be doing that and you'll be yep. playing in this and playing in that I'm playing, well, an outdoor, playing an outdoor three on three creator tournament or creator game. Uh, not really sure what the details are 
of that game yet, but it's at the cool, and I'm blanking on the name. Maybe our producer can help me out, but that outdoor rink with like the big Nathan Phillips square, the big Toronto logo where, where all the cool pictures and scenic shots are taken uh, in the city of Toronto when there are Leafs games on TV and whatnot. So I'm excited to play out there. It'll be really cool. And uh, yeah, excited to think- be with some friends of mine and stuff. Do you think but, Islanders fans are going to come to that creator game and heckle you like they have been on social media the last couple of days? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, like, do I owe them an apology for that? I, like, what do you think? Why are you I asking know? me? I don't know. Because so I, I didn't watch the game live. The Islanders at the end of their game against Nashville, a bad turnover in the D zone, you know, cost them the game basically in like the dying seconds of the game. Seven they seconds. Up, they let up an empty net goal after that. I didn't, I wasn't watching the game live. So I saw this clip on social media of nobody on the Islander bench. There's no score bug on, on the, the clip either. So I don't know how much time was left. The whole Predators bench is there. There's five guys lined up for the faceoff and it's just Bo Horvat standing by himself on the bench. So immediately my reaction is, oh, really bad look. Islanders salty that they lost this game. They took off and went to the locker room. I didn't know all the other factors that went into it. Like the predator scored at the buzzer and they put time back on the clock. Cause I guess you have to take a face off for the rules for it to be a goal or something like that. And uh, you know, I said like really bad look for the Islanders here. They took off, left the bench and Bo Horvat's basically there by himself, like being an accountable guy, like that's showing leadership, showing sportsmanship and whatnot. And uh, you know, Islander fans went at me because I didn't have the full context, you know, rightfully so I deserve to have them come at me, but so again, you jumped like, the gun. But, but again, you, I'm not, I'm not, created, but I'm not wrong. You created a narrative. I created a narrative, not purposely. I also I think just it was, like, I think it was purposely, but well, I knew it'd get a reaction, but it wasn't like the Islanders are scumbags for doing this. It was like, what's going on here? Like, why are they? Whoa, not whoa, whoa. Now you wait. Now you're calling them scumbags. I mean, geez, no, I didn't say like, that, I didn't that, think that's I where I we were going to go scumbags. with this. I didn't. I mean, you're throwing scumbags. around. You're throwing around the term Islanders and scumbags. You you saw what happened to Biz I'm not, Nasty. I'm not an Islander he hater. Started I'm calling Islander the hater. Islanders scumbags. You you saw what Butch Goring did. Do you want Butch Goring knocking on your door? I mean, I have. You better chill out with this, buddy. I have receipts of me complimenting the Islanders, and Islander fans actually hate when I compliment them because they call me a mush. And I like I compliment the Islanders what three weeks ago, and they lose seven nothing to Pittsburgh. Like the day I did it. Like that's just how it goes with, with the Islander fans. But um, yeah, Thomas Hickey was kind enough to give us the context on the situation, but it's still like, you know, optically a bad look when there's nobody on your bench and the other team has their entire yeah. lineup out there. Um, so my instant reaction before getting any context was, Hey, what's going on here? This is, this is not a good yeah. look. And uh, do you, do you ever watch, do you ever watch, do you watch Islander games? Do you watch them on their, their network? Yeah, I actually, I think Brendan, Burke is one of the best play-by-play guys in the NHL. I love listening to him call games. I, I was actually just going to pay a compliment to one of his teammates, Thomas Hickey, who who was the guy who came into Twitter and and yeah. added some context to your false narrative that you were trying to create <laughs> yeah. um, as a as a Rangers guy. Islander but, propaganda. Um, Th- Thomas Hickey is really settled into to being you know doing a nice job on TV. I think they this year for the first time they're adding him between the benches. So he's mm-hmm. working with Butch Goring and Brendan Burke, which isn't easy to do when you've got Butch and Brendan who have worked together for a while. They throw you in um, between the benches and he's do- he's really come a long way quickly. Like most guys take time to get good at TV, but I got to give Hickey a lot of credit. He He's kind of stepped right into that role for the Islanders on TV. And I think he's done a really nice job um, kind of breaking, you know, uh, just kind of breaking himself into that role. He does NHL network stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I want to ask you about Johnny, because I, I, I got a laugh out of this. I really did. Um, I don't know if you saw on Twitter or X this weekend, uh, the flyers fans not getting let in, let in to Conti forum in chestnut Hill. Uh, they were wearing cutter goche t-shirts, flyers mm-hmm. jerseys. They wouldn't let them into the building. Uh, finally they let them into the building and then they had signs about Goche. They apparently were throwing stuff. They had to make an announcement, no throwing things on the ice. Um, what did you make of that whole situation? Part of me thinks it's like awesome. Cause I love passionate hockey fans and like the fan base. And, and I listen, Cutter Goche is just going to have to embrace this hate, right? Like he has no other choice. He's going to have to wear it. He knows what he did. He's going to take it on the chin and that's how it's going to be for the next 20 years that I think that flyer fans would em- embrace the hate at a college game. Couldn't have guessed that. I don't think anyone would have guessed that. 
Um, I, that's not true, by the way. I disagree with you. Really? Listen, man. Really? Flyers fans, Philly Philly sports fans yeah. are as vindictive as I've just never seen that before. It's they are as vindictive as it gets. They run on hate. It's what makes them so passionate. It's what you know gives Philadelphia teams throughout the history of sports, home field, home ice, whatever advantage. Um, look, I actually thought that this was hysterical because mm-hmm. you know I would so much prefer this than going on Twitter and bashing him. Okay, this is what makes sports great. Now he's getting both. Okay. <laughs> I don't like going on Twitter and sending death threats. I think that that is the most obnoxious low life thing you could ever do. Okay. Quit being a keyboard warrior. You want to chirp the guy? Fine. Chirp him. Okay. But like this whole faceless shit talking society that we've kind of created, I think is, is, is spineless. But for you to actually rally a group of people, buy tickets to the game, show up at the game with signs and heckle the kid. I think that's awesome. I really do. I think, I hope Goche fed off it as a player. Or and they smoked Providence. They absolutely crushed Providence that night, like seven or eight to one, whatever Mm -hmm. it was. Um, They did lose the next night against Providence, but I I loved this. Honestly, I, I did not, you know, my reaction to this was I respect this so much more than going after a guy on social media because you're putting your name, your time, your face, your money to it. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I liked it. I thought it was great. I hope he embraces this stuff. Yeah. Um, he's going to be... He is a great player. He's going to be a great player. I, I said on the record that um, I didn't have a problem with what he did. I just didn't like how he did it. Players yeah. use their leverage just like teams every day use their leverage. Um, so it's okay for a player to use their there's uh but ultimately when people were coming at me on twitter which they were mostly devils fans interestingly enough people that i think i've picked up on twitter because of you they go um, with everybody i know you have yeah. your your beef with devils fans consistently i have such a love hate with them it's insane actually rangers fans as well um mm-hmm. but a lot of my mentions people are like oh once a year cutter goche is going to be in philadelphia you underestimate the hate and, and the vindictive levels of Philadelphia sports yeah. fans. Because they, they will come for you anywhere. And They're going to do it in Anaheim. When he gets I, there. I, I honestly think that you, you might see Flyers fans continue to go to his games throughout the rest of this year and, and heckle him. I, I, I believe that will happen. Yeah. Well, I didn't see the college thing coming, but it's not going to be a surprise anymore. But that's, that's for sure. Um, and you actually made a good point. I, I don't know if we want to dive too deep into it, but I know we were talking on the phone on Friday. And coaches, the loyalty to a player, it's not depending on who you are in an organization, you're expendable, right? So I think this Cutter Gochi thing, now that we've kind of, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess marinated in it, for lack of a better term. I I kind of have started to respect him just a little bit more and more because I've seen players or or coaches, excuse me, treat players, you know, just like they're a number on a roster and, and that's it, right? Like you're so quick to trade a guy. And the loyalty is not always there from the top end. So seeing it come the other way around, um, you know, I'm not saying it should happen often, but I, I do respect it a little bit more. Listen, man, sports, there's very little loyalty. Okay. Yeah. Just remember something. Wayne Gretzky got traded. The yeah. great one. Okay. Anybody can be traded. Okay. Anybody. You you see uh, teams control the destiny of their players, their coaches, their staff. I've been fired uh, from an NHL team, okay, after buying a house. You think they cared? They didn't care at all, all right? They don't care about that stuff. You think they care? Oh, you're going to lose your health insurance now. You think you, you think they care? No, they do not care. The loyalty most of the time that comes from a sports organization is limited. So, yes, if a player has leverage, they want to use their leverage, use it. But it's how you use it yeah. is the problem with the Cutter Goche situation, not that he used it. We've already done this. We've, we've talked in circles about it. Um, so we don't need to dive too far into it. But it's definitely a situation we'll keep an eye on um, because, you know, Flyers fans, you know, le- like to be heard. And, and like I said, man, they, they run off spite. They're vindictive. They're passionate. Um, I mean, you're going to see it probably in the coming days, depending on what happens with the Eagles uh, game this evening. So 
Um, how about a couple of one o'clock games today, Johnny? That's nice. I love that for the holiday, you know? It is Martin Luther King Day, and there's a game actually at noon. The San Jose Sharks and Buffalo Sabres kick things off for the day. There's 10 games. <laughs> That'll be a barn burner, time. huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Nothing, nothing, no better way to start the day. Sharks, <laughs> Sabres. Um, but then the Devils and Bruins play at one. That'll be a fun one. And then there's games throughout the entire day. Um, I'm trying to see what the, the most interesting matchup tonight would be. For me, actually, I think it's the Islanders and the Wilds. Uh, Minnesota has been struggling a lot lately. They're coming off a 6 nothing loss at home against the Arizona Coyotes. Obviously, we just touched on the Islanders in their most recent game against Nashville. So that's a, a big game for both teams. That's the one I'll probably have my eye on the most today. It seemed like they got a little bump when they hired John Hines and they played good for a couple of weeks, but you're right. It, it's been, it's been a disaster. So, you know, that team really struggles without, uh, without um, Kaprizov. He, he's a big difference maker, um, but Lots of hockey on today. Carolina versus uh, the LA Kings. LA has been kind of sputtering a little bit out of control. Um, I think this is the is time. That, is that year. a made up word? Sputtering? Yeah, whatever. If it is. We're, we're um, starting to keep count on, on the Kobe made up words. You don't think <laughs> sputtering is a real word? Never heard it in my life. Really? We can, we can look that up after. Sputtering. <laughs> it's. Uh, sputter is a real word and right, it going. says that sputtering <laughs> works as well. So, um, well, nothing you. you're wrong, yeah. uh, again, <laughs> yeah. and we'll see everybody tomorrow. Right, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to my new best friend in the chat, Smitty. Thank you to our producer, Vic. And we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Enjoy the day of hockey. Enjoy the holiday.